Blog Talk Radio. Mary had a little cancer. 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 No cancer left in my body. afternoon from wherever it is that you are. Thank you for joining us right here on Mary Had a Little Cancer with yours truly, Mary Hopkins. Today is Sunday, January 21st, 2024. Um, we are going uh, to have a guest on today. Well, she, I, she, she comes on uh, pretty often. Uh, we're going to have Shirley on today. She's actually going to talk about some things that she has gone through, um, her journey through some uh, through, through a cancer scare, um, not with herself, but through with a family member. I won't reveal too much until she comes on, and I'll let her tell that. So we're going to have her on when she calls in. We'll let her in, and we'll talk about that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, – For those of you that don't know, I live in uh, Madison County or Huntsville, Alabama. It's it's kind of all the same. And this past week, we had some snow, which is a rarity for here. We also had a lot of sleet, a lot of rain, a lot of freezing weather down to like 5 and 7 degrees. Uh, It was very – it's been very, very cold. And out here – when these things happen, the entire place shuts down. This entire place of Madison, Huntsville, Athens, Decatur, I mean, places have been shut down for a week because nothing could get this ice and this snow to melt. It wasn't a lot of snow. It's more ice than anything. And places just weren't open. People couldn't drive or they were afraid to drive. Even my job was closed for the entire week. And for those people that don't have PTO, don't have vacation, are not on salary, uh, whatever the situation is, if you're not getting paid, I mean, most people are like a paycheck away from being homeless. And there's a lot of people in this area that missed an entire week's worth of pay and a lot of businesses that lost an entire week's worth of profits. And then for restaurants and places like that, food had, you know, would have spoiled. They have to replace that stuff. Trucks weren't coming out to deliver. There's still places that even though now you can get to them, they're not open because they have to restock and replenish 
That way they're serving fresh things and not spoiled foods. So there's a lot of restaurants that have been hurting. I mean, when McDonald's is shut down, you know it's a problem, and even McDonald's will shut down. Now, by the grace of God, as you all as you all know and those who don't know, uh, I used to work part-time right here at this local community gas station. And I was able to work there this entire week because it's right down the street from my house. And I was able to drive there. I, I This is not new to me. I'm not afraid to drive in this stuff. For the people around here, they are afraid of it because they're not used to it. It's unknown to them. Whereas for me, in Virginia and in New York, we had to drive in it all the time. I mean, it was just, it was expected every winter. Every winter it was going to happen. So I didn't mind. So I would, me and one other girl, we went in every single day. We got in every single day. I was able to... I lost money because I don't get paid the same thing at my regular job, but I was able to actually put in some more hours. Even though I had to work longer hours, I still was able to make up for all of that money that I would have lost with my full-time job. But I did lose out the money that I have at my regular part-time job. But that's okay. I'm grateful for what I didn't lose out on versus what I did lose out on. Um, so this whole week has just been – working, 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 thank God. Uh, people have been in their houses, gone stir-crazy. There was no school, no work, no anything. And another thing down here, there's a lot of plants down here, plants like Mazda Toyota, Polaris. Um, but Amazon has a big fulfillment center here. Target has a big fulfillment center here. There's uh, Facebook has a big facility here. Redstone Arsenal, um, a lot of aircraft um, things, I, I forget, uh, like aviation um, plants and stuff, those are all out here. So all of these places have been shut down for a week, like no production for a week or very minimal production if people got stuck there. So things are, people are going to be exhausted these next coming weeks, I'm sure, because they're going to be working like crazy. A lot of these plants out here will tell you, you know, they've started to tell their workers now you can have all the overtime that you want because, of course, now they have to make up for an entire week's worth of production. And these plants work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They never shut down. I think some of the plants have like a week of shutdown for like cleaning and maintenance and things like that where they have very minimal production happening. But, of course, they make up for that prior to shutting down and then after, you know, opening back up. So I'm sure the things will be a little hectic, a lot of hectic for a lot of people. And I hope it's not going to be hectic for me. I'll be glad to get back to work on Monday to my regularly scheduled job, regularly scheduled hours, and get back to regular normal life because when I tell you things will shut down, they will shut down. When only the gas station and the hotels are open, 
that's a problem. And not even all gas stations were open. And some people, some places did open a little bit during the day, and then they shut down at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Even Walmart was closed. So I said McDonald's, but even Walmart was closed. So this weather was crippling for them. And, it, and it's crazy to me because back at home, this would have never stopped us. And the, and for what fell on these roads and on the on the ground was nothing in comparison to things that I've seen. I walked to school in knee deep snow when I was a kid. They would have, but they don't have the trucks. They don't have the ice melt. They don't have the sand. They don't have the manpower. They just don't have that their fingertips here because this is not a natural thing that happens. So to keep all of that ready, to be ready for every winter and then nothing ever happens most winters would be a waste. So for them, again, it was crippling. Uh, and in the process of all of this, of all of this uh, hecticness this week, where everybody's lives in this area and in any area where, you know, people were snowed in and locked in or anything, you know, our lives were affected, our normal daily routines were affected, and we made it through. We got to the other side of it. I learned throughout some of the girlfriends that I have here in Alabama and some of my friends that are in other states, that I talk to either, you know, that I, of course I talk to them via the phone and then um, some of the girls, some of the uh, women that I have befriended here in Alabama, we, you know, we see each other on a pretty regular basis. And I just realized how strong women really are. And what a necessity the world, what a necessity we are to this world. And I don't say any of this to demean a man or put a man down. None of this is the is like the I think the word is antithesis, something like that. This has nothing. I'm I'm not downplaying men. I'm not saying men are weak or men are not strong or women are stronger than men or. This isn't any Me Too movement moment. All I'm saying is that for some reason or another, I had this revelation during this week that women fucking rock. We kick ass and take names. We tend to forget that. At least I do. I tend to forget it. Shirley, I do see you on, and I'm gonna let I'll let you on shortly, um, and we'll we'll get um, we'll get your perspective on some things, even on this matter. We, when we come together, we're powerful already as individuals, but when we come together, we are unstoppable. We really are, and I don't think that we love each other enough and that we support one another enough like we should. And I am guilty of that myself. 
there's a lot of times when I don't surround myself with a lot of women because a lot of women can be very catty, including me. And I just don't want to deal with that. But one thing that that I, another revelation that I've I've started to have is is that really what it is? Is it? I know that you know some women are catty and and, and bitches can be bitches and I, and I can be a bitch too. Are we are we the, are we the way that we are most of the time with women as women because we're intimidated by them because we know how strong we are and we're intimidated by their strength do we not do we just not communicate well enough to allow one another to feel comfortable in each other's space are we always fighting for a place for our stance in this world. And again, this is not a Me Too movement moment. A Me Too a Me Too movement moment. This is not that, okay? None of this is that. But we have to and we we endure a lot. And I have just encountered some really great really strong-minded, strong-willed, strong-hearted, will love to, to the very end, will give you the shirt off their back, will do anything for you type of women in my life. My mom was that kind of woman. She would literally take the shirt off her back and hand it to you if you needed it. She would even put it on you. And sometimes I didn't look at some of the women in my life as strong. I Sometimes I looked at them as weak because we are weak. We are weak in our moments. But damn, the things that we the thing the things that I have watched the women in my life endure, whether they're friends, family, doesn't matter, and they still get up every single day and they keep trucking and they keep going and they don't give up. Just amazes me. And for me, this week. probably made me the proudest I have ever been. Not that I've never been proud to be a woman, but the proudest that I've ever been to be a woman. Like, I am woman, hear me roar. I know that's so corny, right? Um, and, again, this is nothing against the men. I love men. This ain't, y'all are strong in your own ways. Y'all are, the you know, the greatest in your own ways. We're... You know, women are, are strong in their ways, and, and we can be equally yoked. It's okay. So, again, no, um, you know, this is, this is no harm, no foul on men, not saying anything about them, but strong, strong. God made us this way. God made us strong for a reason. And I think that, I would love to get to a place 
in my life and in my soul and in my emotions where I could just be as supportive as possible to any and every woman that I possibly could in a true sense, not just a, hey, beautiful, how you doing? Hope you have a great day type of sense, but in a, in a true sense. I haven't always been kind to other women, just as just like other women have not always been kind to me. And I hope that in the near future I can get to a better place with that. Those are my hopes for twenty. Those are one of my hopes for twenty twenty four. I should say. Um, and and like I was saying, I had started to say that you know my mom was one of those people. So for. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, tomorrow will be one year. Don't I always say I'm not going to cry and then I end up crying? Hmm. Tomorrow will be a year that she's that that she's been gone. But I really. Even through the tears, I really do feel like I need to be as thankful as I possibly can for the forty the forty eight years I had in her life. You know, I had forty eight years with her. Some people don't make it to twenty eight in their lifetime. Some kids don't make it to eight. So for me to have had 48, I want to try to look at things for what I had, what I did have versus what I I don't have anymore. Um, And she would have it no other way because she spent her whole life missing her mom and carrying that baggage with her. And I saw what it did to her. It deteriorated her over the years. She always stood tall. And when she would say stuff like that, she would say things like, man, you know, I miss my mom so much. And I can remember times where I'd be like, you know, I, I know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure grandma's watching down on us and she can see you. And I would try to say things to make her feel better. But there wasn't shit I could say. Like, I thought I was, you know, <laughs> I don't know what I thought I was doing. I wanted to make her feel better. I really did. But it did, it didn't matter, even as her daughter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what I said. She still missed her mom. And instead of me allowing her to just miss her and that be okay, I wanted to fix that. When she was hurting, I wanted to be able to fix her. I wanted to be able to help her. But in those situations, you're helpless. When she was sick, I wanted to help her. But I couldn't. I could just encourage her. But I couldn't help her. I didn't have any control. I felt completely helpless.
for a person that has that exudes self not self control but exudes you know control and I've I've always been a person where I'm like I don't need anybody for anything and I you know blah 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 and I'm this and you know. I'm good by myself, and, you know, I, I don't need this, and I don't need that, and I ain't never needed nobody, and I ain't never going to need nobody. I got this. I can handle this. That's one thing that the whole other thing to, to lose your parents. And I know a lot of people say, especially, you know, the mother, situation is your situation. For me, it was especially my mother. Because without her, who am I in this world? Like an orphan, you know? But without her, at the same time, without her, who would I have been in this world? So grateful that I did have her because she made me who I am every step of the way. And I'm more and more like her all the time. And when I was a kid, I used to be like, I'm never going to be like my mother. I don't ever want to be like my mom. So fucking foolish. So foolish. Of course I want to be like my mother. She's the strongest, strongest woman I've ever met in my life. Ever, hands down, and endured things that most people endured things in her lifetime that most people won't even see in three lifetimes. And she made she made me and my sister strong like that. We watched her go through stuff in life, just as we all go through things in life. It's not just me, not just her. We all go through things in life. Life is just happening, talking about, about you know, my my part of life. Um, but, but this shit is happening to everybody. People are losing people everywhere. And, and, and afraid of losing people that they haven't lost yet. And speaking of that, my um, I remember when my mom started to, like, I could really see the aging in her, right? I could really, I could see her skin getting loose, eyes kind of sinking back, setting back a little bit. I could see her not having the hand control that she used to have, seeing her not have the balance that she used to have or the confidence in the movement of her body and controlling that. I could see those things slowly happening. And that shit terrified me. And I didn't know what to do with it. I wanted to hug her. I wanted to be like, damn, Mom, you know, I want you to know what a great mother you've been. And I wanted to sit and talk to her, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you okay? I'm just not built like that. 
and she knows I wasn't built like that. She could see the way I would look at her. She could see the fear. She knew I was afraid. And I would pull back from her. I would try to distance myself because I thought it would be easier when that day came. And contrary to that belief, that shit didn't make it any easier. I would almost dare to say it made it worse because I didn't get to show her willingly how I really felt. Although she could see it and she knew it, I put that on her. I put that responsibility on her, and that wasn't fair. She deserved more. She really did deserve more than that. But I just couldn't do it. I, I don't. I was frozen. I couldn't. And with that being said, I'm going to bring Shirley in because she is. She's been. She's gone through some stuff, and she'll tell you, you know, in her own words. But I thought I was the only one pulled away. Like now, I knew that I wasn't the only one, but I guess I just had never met anybody that ever admitted that. And um and you'll understand what I'm talking about when um when when she comes on and, and tells you know, tells us her journey through these last few weeks or last month or so. So without further ado, we will bring on Miss Shirley Shepherd looking for my give a fuck right here on Blog Talk Radio every Sunday from nine AM to nine thirty AM uh Pacific Standard Time. And again, that's looking for my give a fuck, F-U-K-K. Good morning, Cheryl. Can you hear me? Shirley. Okay, maybe we'll text her. Excuse me. Let's see. I got you unmuted. Are you listening? Hello, are you ready? This is what happens when you do live radio. Yes, yes, listening. Well, I unmuted you, um, so I was going to bring you in. You got to unmute yourself, though. Early. How do I do that? Hit the. How what do you mean? How do you do that, girl? Hit the unmute button on your damn phone. On your Skype thing, just hit the unmute button. <clears throat> okay, guys, give me one second. I, I hate dead air, but give me one second. I'm gonna try to figure this out. 
great, Shirley. Okay, so Shirley's going to call in. Um, that's better instead of me trying to have to figure this out in the middle of a live damn show. So she'll be calling in in just a minute. In the meantime, let me go to the studio and see if she's called in. Okay, let me put this person back on mute while that call dropped. Okay. In the meantime, um, I did not want to cough in your ear. For some reason, I feel like I have this pickle in my throat. Okay, I'll see you, Cheryl. Hold on. Oh. Okay. Okay, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, I can hear you now. Are you yeah. standing in the corner Sorry. with your arm out the window? Pretty much. I apologize. I'm on my cell phone, and it doesn't give me the best perception, but I guess this is what we have to do. I don't know what happened. I was on my Skype, but can you, is it going to be good enough for me to talk, or what do you want to do? You want to change it for another day? Yeah, no, this, no, no, this is fine. This is perfect. I can hear you perfectly. Okay. Hi. Um, first of all, I was hearing what you were saying, and, you know, we talked before the show, so we'll talk again later. But you tell me, what would you like for me to share with you, and how does that coincide with your story? Just help me along, because I know well, my story is really, really okay. Neat. Okay, go ahead. So, I mean, so you've, before... You, I know you had a friend that had cancer, and she unfortunately passed away, and you've talked about that before. <clears throat> but yeah. I know that you hadn't had anybody um, in your family or in your immediate family that had, had cancer, and I know that you've gone through something recently. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So if you just want to kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about what you've gone through, how you were feeling, and then – some of this, and then when you, after that, you know, we'll talk about some of the things that you said, like kind of really jarred me to think about. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. I told this story on, not story, it's reality on my show, so um, you might get a, a different um, uh, feel for it that I'm on Mary's show now. Remember, um, my mom, I say it with my mom, she's 83 years young and just amazing. Mary knows her. Um, and I say with her because she started having surgeries, you know, about 10 years ago. And then, fuck it, my son was gone. What was I going to do? I didn't have a man, so I hooked up with my mama. <laughs> so, anyway, no, that's true. so anyway, um, oh, Lord. early part of, <laughs> I hooked up with my mama. So early part of December, maybe the first week of December, she's, she's well, before that, she started putting um, Vaseline on her, her ear. I'm like, Mom, you're white. Why are you putting Vaseline on? Why are you stealing my Vaseline, right? She kept doing it. She never really said much. And I I thought it was kind of weird. I thought maybe she cut her hair because her cut her ear because she cuts her hair or whatever. I, I actually just didn't, now that, you know, I didn't want to know. Let's put it that way, I guess. So uh, one, I think it was a Saturday, she says, um, Shirley, come in my room and come and sit on my bed. I want to talk to you. And I stood by the door and said no. It's uh, when a mother says, come and sit on my bed, I'm going to talk to you. It's usually not good news. So she said, okay, well, you know, you asked about my ear. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the dermatologist uh, to get 
check my lows and they happened to see something in my ear and they did a biopsy and I just got a call and it's cancer. And I looked at her. I turned around. I went back to my room and went to bed. I was weak. How wrong that must have been, but that's, I, could, I couldn't can breathe. She looked at me a little bit and probably, I wouldn't even acknowledge if she showed me her pain. I just went to bed. I really did. I think I took the sleeping pill. Can I ask you, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. I'm sorry, can I, can I jump in and ask you a question about that? So yes. did you, when you, when you felt that way, it's like you, you feel frozen, right? It's like, you, okay, it's like, oh, what? You're like, no. Okay, I'm, this, is, this didn't even happen. I'm not even dealing with this. I'll wake up and it's going to all be a bad dream. Um, Pretty much. Yeah. Did you feel guilty for that afterwards? Not until today. Not until okay. I put everything all together. Um, I Because that's just me. I'm a runner. I, I just simply shut down, and that didn't just happen. And what it, what? Not realizing that that's the core of who I am at times. I run. So I didn't know. I didn't care. But what my mother tells me she has cancer. It was skin, skin cancer, and I worried about me. I went to bed. I can't deal with that. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, in that I'm in the same house as her. I had to face her. And uh, the next day, she shared with me, I'm not going to tell my sister or the family. I'm only telling you, your brother, and your sister, your two brothers and your sister. I'm not even going to tell the grandkids. And, uh, you know, we're just going to do this. I'm not going to worry anyone else um, about it. We're waiting for surgery date and when they can remove it or test it more. And I'm like, what did you say? We can't, I can't tell my Aunt Joanne, your sister. Nope, I don't want anyone to suffer. Excuse me putting a lot of pressure on here, you know, putting a lot of pressure on us. I was mad then. Like, wait a minute, I I can't share my fear with anyone else that's close to her. Nope. So she also said to me, hey, this is what the dermatologist said, and can you please just look it up? And I looked it up, and, you know, it's a fairly common skin cancer. But I'm scared. This is the first time, like, on my application, medical application, and do you have anyone with cancer in your immediate family? I'd be like, uh, yes, to do. And I told Mary, I couldn't do this alone. I was already frozen. I was already mad. How dare you? How dare you have cancer? And now we're talking about the will and all this stuff. And we're, oh, no, 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 I don't need money. But I couldn't hug her. I couldn't acknowledge her when she was so frightened. At times she could, she, she, she would start to shake when she talked. All I did is went out and got some anxiety pills from my doctor to give to her. Not thinking maybe I should have them myself. She understood. She watched. We get the surgery date, and me and my sister had a minute. I don't know. I just I was just looking to not be a part of this surgery, this reality. And I talked to Mary a lot. Mary listened. She never said anything. She just listened. And then. About, I would say two weeks ago, I started feeling better. I was like, I don't have any feelings here. 
God's going to take care of it, whoever that person is that I have not defined yet, but everyone else says he's an important person, so therefore he has taken care of it. I have no feelings whatsoever. <clears throat> I apologize. <clears throat> I have no feelings whatsoever. This is great. I can just get through this. This is fine. I still haven't hugged my mom. Christmas. No, gave her some really nice stuff. Watch her glow. Hadn't hugged her. Begin to watch her lose 20 pounds. Not because this cancer had spread or anything, just her fear. She began to look frail to me. Anyone look her in the eye? She wakes me up a couple of times and says, Hey, can we take me to the casino because I'm so nervous I need an outlet? And I would get mad. I want to sleep. I want to deal with it. I didn't want to be in the car looking at my mom that was at the time had cancer. So, um, but one day I'm waking up and everything's fine. I can deal with it. I have no emotions. I am ready. This was a Wednesday when I was at work, and I work with a lot of black folks, and I said this on my show, and my experience has been that black women, especially, you know, when you're going through stuff, and I'm at work, and I find out, again, I, by the way, I found out what type of surgery mom was going to have, and I felt a little better about it, but still. Because I did my research, I knew it was going to be okay. So, therefore, everyone else should know it's going to be okay, too. Until someone shared something with me, that's Mary, who's but before that. I was at work, and my friend said, hey, Shirley, you know, your mom's had a procedure. You know, keep your stuff to yourself. And I said, oh, yeah. And it's weird. When you work in a legal field, a lot of times people don't go past the threshold of the door for some reason. It's, we don't invite people in. It's very strange. You have to work on that. She said, may I just come in and give you a hug? I'm like, um, bitch, I don't know you that well. No, I, I really don't. But she is like a great friend. Man, not knowing when she touched me and she hugged me, I cried. I cried. I didn't even know why I was crying. I cried. Because I, I, I was good. I was good on this. I got this. Tomorrow's mom's surgery. I have no emotions. I'm good. I hadn't been drinking. I hadn't been doing it. I'm good. I got this. I think there and I cried. My makeup. She was cute. My makeup was all gone. And later on, I went to, I call her RB, another friend of mine. And she was telling me about her guy, you know, her relationship. And then she looked at me and she said, and she don't lie. Because you don't look good. I'm like, oh, my God, is it the makeup? I know, I know. I just got this new <laughs> this new foundation. I think it's off. She's like, no, you just don't look good. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm looking now. By this time, it's dark, so we're looking out there. You know, we're in a high-rise downtown, and I can see my reflection. Well, what's wrong? You know, I'm looking good. She just don't look good. She goes, here's a candle. And she knew about my mom. She goes, just light the candle when you get home and stuff. And I said, what do you mean, RB? And she goes, I'm going to tell you a little story, quick story, my mom was in a accident a few years ago with a sudden death. And when they told me about her, I looked like, I'm like, I have a lot of work to do. She said, go home. I didn't go home. I did everything I could to not go home because Thursday, well, Thursday was the day. So I finally get home and I have a couple bottles of wine in my hand. I can't drink with my mom because she doesn't drink. I said, hey, Mom, hey, we're ready for tomorrow. Is there anything you can do? I'm just, she goes, no, baby, I got it. I'm like, okay, whoo. She looked good. She was cleaning the house. She was like, if, if you know anything about the nesting, she was nesting. She was cleaning the house like I've never seen before. And I came upstairs. 
and there's a song if you guys have heard it. I don't know the, the songwriter's name, but it's about it's just heavy checked on me. I've been drinking I've been drinking more wine in the last five days. Have you checked on me? And it broke me. I cried, and I'm a mom. I was here, but I was afar, kind of, you know. So either Mary called me or I called Mary, and I broke for the first time, and I said, I must be a horrible person because I can't go hug my mom. I can't do this. I can't do this. And she listened, knowing that we shared conversation when her mom was ill, you know, and I remember not being able to do much. But she said one thing to me. I said, God forbid that something happens tomorrow, you're not going to at least give a hug tonight. I said, I can't. She said, okay. The rest of the night I cried, and I drank wine, that's wine. And I kept checking in on my mom, because I so wanted to be that kid and crawl in bed with her. I said, tell her it's going to be okay. But instead, I came back in this room, and I cried. And I cried, and I cried. The next morning, it's time to go. I jumped into the bathroom first we share a bathroom to get myself together so that I could be there for her. No, no, no. I didn't want to have to wait and watch her fearful as she began to get ready. I could avoid that. I could be alone putting my makeup on, you know. The kids came together and my mom's speech was very scary but she was still telling us how we all need to be X, Y, Z and go here and do that. They call her back. We get to the hospital. She's a little delusional because the surgery was to take the rest of the cancer out or if they couldn't figure out the next step. It was very scary. My mom had a friend who died um, several years ago but was with us one time when we my mom had surgery and she realized that when we're nervous, her kids' characteristics are opposite as to what they were prior to that. For instance, I'm telling everyone, okay, you guys, um, what do you want to eat? I got, there's coffee, there's this and that. Okay, I don't even eat half the time, but I bought more food in a little bit. My brother, he doesn't speak. He's telling a whole bunch of stories. My older brother was very, I would call it aloof, but very, when things happen, very, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. He usually can play both sides against the middle and kind of, you know, but he didn't. My little sister, she went into straight in her smoke. She went into, I'm the only one that can deal with this. And she was right. They called her back. My mom asked for her to be back there with her. I started talking to my brother about the house and we on. My brother listened. He goes, yeah, you know, mom wants to tell the house, but I don't think we should. No, I don't think so either. We're having this real conversation. I just start crying. Again, but this time I went to the bathroom. So he couldn't see me. My sister comes out the first time around. She goes, okay, well, they got the first scoop out. So I got to go put it under a microscope. But we'll know. We'll send it to the lab. And we'll know about 30 minutes. So the longest 30 minutes. Because, again, if they didn't get it out, they were going to have to. They told them to stay all day long to two different procedures to see whatever. 30 minutes later, my sister came out. So we got her out. And my mom followed her. And the color of my mom started to go back into, she started, she's, she looks white, but she was getting grayish or whatever. And all of a sudden, she started coming alive. And she goes, okay, you guys, I'm hungry. I want pizza, french fries, and chicken. We got home, and friends, my friends that I told that I wasn't supposed to, 
came over with flowers. And they checked in on me. My mom finally got on the phone and told my aunt and everybody else in the family who lost their shit because they wanted to be there, but that was her decision. Thursday night, I crashed. I emotionally was ashamed of myself. The mental and physical heaviness that I was carrying on myself because I was one of the only people that knew about this cancer had worn me out. This is the time we're supposed to pre, you know, uh, we went to the uh, post op caring for her ear or whatever. My sister has to do it. I didn't even have the, I couldn't even get up and fix breakfast. My sister popped breakfast. Pop breakfast. I felt like I was nothing. I couldn't do it. And I told my mom finally. She said, I know, baby. You haven't got, it's only Sunday. I'm still trying to feed her. So Mary would check on me, and how could I respond? Uh, yeah, you know, I've been the jerk. My mom has cancer. How can you check on me? I don't know. It's all about me. No, it wasn't about me, but it was all about me. The other side that I think that Mary wanted me to share is that that word cancer killed me. Yep. And I was thinking more of myself than my mom. And if that happens, you guys, I don't know. I, I just boldly went on my show because I'm ignorant and I said it, but it's real. It's real. There you go, Mary. That's it. It's so crazy how we immediately go into self-preservation. And we don't even know we're doing it. Because we, it's almost, it's almost like we immediately, I remember when, you know, you, you don't know what to say. How can you, you can't fix it. You can't make it go away. You can't, you know, somebody falls down, they hurt themselves, they get a boo-boo, you can get a Band-Aid, you can, you know, get some peroxide, you can clean them up. Uh, you know, somebody doesn't feel good, you can make them a sticky table with some cough drops and some water and some juice and some tissues and the remote and whatever. You know, those things, but when when cancer is thrown into that, that we, and I was, I was talking to you about this earlier, Shirley, we put so much meaning on that word and so much finality on that cancer word, and it's just a word. Now, for those of us, that, you know, are told we have cancer, of course, it's not just a word. For those of us that have been told that our family members have cancer, our mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, daughters, sons, why it doesn't matter. It, it's not just a word, but in all reality, it is just a word. And, you know, but when you're going the moment, it can be so traumatic that it can make you physically, even though you're not the person with the cancer, and even if you are the person with the cancer and you're not sick already, it can make you physically ill. Like our minds, we can just make ourselves sick and emotionally exhausted, physically exhausted because of the worry that comes behind that word. Yeah. And I think right. that when you were telling when you were telling me your story, like especially with your sister's and your, I mean, with your sister and your brother's other, <clears throat> excuse me, 
um, you know, I know a little bit of that and I won't get into that, um, but I think it's so important for families, siblings, aunts, uncles, doesn't matter, to be able to sit down and actually talk about it as a family and process it as a family. And I know that that's not reality for a lot of people. Shit, it wasn't reality for me either. You know, I, I mm-hmm. had to talk to people on an individual basis. It was never a group thing, you know. Um, and everybody had their own opinions, <laughs> you know. Um, but for yeah. the, for those people listening that haven't gone through this or that have gone through it and are going to go through it again or are going to go through it for the first time, I I would say – after listening to your story, after going through, or or after not your story, your journey, after going through your, you know, after after listening to your journey, and and walking through my own journey and hearing other people's journeys, I just I just implore people to talk about it. It's okay, just talk about it, and it and it doesn't. It's not a finality. It's not. It's not cancer. It's not the end of your life. It's not the end of your loved one's life. And don't go through the first little bit. Go, don't go through the, the first few weeks or whatever with that on your mind. Try your best not to. It's hard. But try your best not to. Try to, you know, change our thinking, thinking. Because I think that when we look at that cancer word, we do have some pretty stinking thinking because we're taught to think that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that your mom came out of this cancer-free, that um, light at the end of this tunnel, um, and that everything Thank is you. okay. Thank you. And I just want to add in closing, um, there's always another time. There's always the next time. You know what I mean? Um, you've heard cancer-free and things come back and all that. Um, yeah, so I'm just going to stay in the moment that it's fine. And if it happens to, you know, resurface somewhere else, I'm just being honest. It's, I got to learn. I got to learn from my mistakes that I made this first time. And that's even for myself. One question I do want to end with with you is I asked my mom, I said, Mom, if something was wrong with me, if I had that C word, do you want me to keep it away from you? She couldn't answer that. I said, because if you do, I will keep it away from you. It's good for the I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually did want to talk about that. Um, yeah. I can tell you that after my first experience, after my first two experiences with cancer, this is just me. I'm not sure if I would tell my family if I found out that it came back. I'm not sure I would tell anybody because after I watched what my mother and my sister, especially the two of them, because I think that certain people's personalities deal with things in certain ways. I, I mean, that that's just the way that it is, right? Um, mm-hmm. And my mom and my sister's personalities and their immediate thing was I was going to die. And it was painful to watch them go through that pain. 
and I don't ever want to have anyone worry like that again. I, I just don't. Um, and then if I don't tell other people, I don't have to live in that. Because when you do tell other people, you become that cancer. Every time somebody sees you, they think they want to ask you how you're doing. Like you, you just you become defined by that. And it's difficult as the cancer patient to be defined that way when you don't want to be defined that way. I want to just be looked at as Mary. That's that's who I'm always going to be, whether I have cancer or not. Right. There's a support mechanism to that that's missing when you do keep it to yourself. But that's another thing, because at some level. Okay. So 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 from your from your standpoint, what is that? What what does that look like? What 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 do you mean? What does what look like? Like how would you feel if your mom, God forbid, cancer came back and she didn't tell you? I would think that was selfish. Um, but now that I'm reflecting on how I acted the first time, I wouldn't blame her. So now what I'm going to do is get the code to her Kaiser portal and get all the fucking test results. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm about to jack up like, oh, Kaiser. We had this motherfucking conversation because I'm getting ready to get all these, all this motherfucker's code. All, We're getting all ready to get everything. All, okay. All you okay. never okay. had anything from me. So I'll tell you something. My aunt, <laughs> my aunt, may she rest in peace. She had cancer. I was going. I was with my ex-husband Reese at the time. You you know him. So I was, was Reese and I were going to buy this car that I have now. And I was sitting in the dealership, and I got a phone call that my aunt was on her deathbed. I had just seen her a week ago. Like what? What do you mean she's on her deathbed? Like what, what? I don't understand. She hospice is there. What do you What are you talking about? So she had been living with this cancer and had been going back and forth to the doctors and stuff for all this time, and I had no idea. She told my cousin that lived with her, but she made my cousin swear to her that she wouldn't tell anybody, and she and she kept that promise, and she never did. So I didn't get to see her until she was dying, mm. and. I felt like at first I was like the control part of me, right, was like, well, why the fuck didn't she tell us? And, you know, I don't understand why she – but that was her journey. That was her choice. That was, you know, and I had to respect that, you know what I mean? And and she didn't want people over there like, is everything okay? Are you going to be okay? And, you know, if you weren't over there already checking on her, she didn't want you to come checking on her because she had fucking cancer. Like, don't treat me differently because I have cancer, you know? Right. And, I mean, maybe that's why she did it. I don't know because she's gone, and I can't ask her why she did it because I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I just assume that that's, you know, that that's why one would do something like that. And I, I kind of assume that it would be more of a selfless thing, too. Like, I don't want my loved ones to worry. I don't. And, and you want to spend every, especially if you have terminal cancer, Right. You want to spend every day of it living normally, not as this cancer patient. You don't want people doing special shit for you because 
you're a cancer patient, unless you're just a dick and you want to take advantage of shit because you have cancer. <laughs> you know? Because there are people out there like that, you know? I mean, people going to Disney and shit and all kinds of shit because they have cancer. You know? I never got no damn Disney trips. Shit, and I was in Florida and still didn't go to fucking Disney. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't get to meet 50 Cent. I didn't get to have sex with 50 Cent. Now, 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 that is one thing that if it was offered, if it was offered, if I was, if, if I was dying of cancer, God forbid, and it was offered to be with You're 50 Cent, I, I, would, I would take, I would roll with it. I'd be like, I got cancer, boo. You'll never see me again. <laughs> well, let's do this. I would roll with it. I would lean with it, rock with it. Um, <laughs> you like, what? Let you know. Oh, you on my wish list. You on my wish list, baby. Right, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, right, I'm just letting you know, 50. I'm from, I'm, I'm from Jamaica, Queens, too, boo. We from the, we, we from the same hood. Okay, I have about 90 seconds left. Um, Shirley, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your personal story with everybody. And, and, and thank you for sharing it with me as your friend. So I appreciate that. Um, again, I'm so glad that everything is going well. Uh, uh, for everybody else out there, um, Shirley has a show right here on Blog Talk Radio called Looking for My Give a Fuck, F-U-K-K. Some new music, some new intro music, some new uh, some new marketing stuff. So check her out, <clears throat> Shirley Shepard on Facebook. Uh, Blog Talk Radio, 9 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. on Sundays. Again, looking for my give a fuck with Shirley Shepard. My name is Mary Hopkins. You are right here on the Mary Had a Little Cancer Show. We will meet you here, same bad time, same bad channel next week. Um, Sean Patrick, we love you. We miss you. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week coming. We'll see you next week. And remember... Go into the week and be graceful. You never know what somebody's going through. And we're have a great you're week. welcome. You too. I'll talk to you soon. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're all going through some shit. It ain't just you as an individual. Everybody is going through some shit. So don't ever make yourself feel like it's just you. It's not. Get out and talk to people. They're going through some same similar shit that you are, and they can share their testimony to help you. Get through the shit you're going through. Love y'all, and we'll see you next week. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.